Amen. Wasn't that, uh, has the service been beautiful so far? Wouldn't you agree? Thank y'all so much for being here. Man, um, this is fantastic. We, you know, this is awesome. But we're just so thankful um, that you're here today. Uh, and, and we just um, pray that God will continue to be honored in the service. Amen. So my, uh, my papa, my dad's dad, Edward Murphy. Anybody, anybody, did anybody here know him? Okay, all right. We call him Papa. So my papa fought in World War II, and, and I spent um, a, a lot of time with him before he passed away. Um, and, and just, uh, I would just take, you know, I had a little, my little notepad, had a little pen or pencil, and he would just talk, and I would write. Um, he'd talk about the war, and then there were times when he couldn't do that. You know, there were times when he would say, son, not today. Uh, or while, while um, he'd be in the middle of a story, he'd just stop and, and just cry. And I'm like, I can't go on today, son. Let's come back another time. I always cherish those those times because um, God allowed me to to uh, have the opportunity to type it all up, not in any particular order because he didn't necessarily speak in chronological order sometimes, you, you know, and so the dates would be kind of all over the place. But uh, had the opportunity to kind of put it all together at least in type form, and it was actually in the Jasper News at one time, which is really cool. Um, and when I taught American history, and I did a couple. Uh, of years i think well one or two years i can't remember um i actually when we got to that to the war i would use his his stuff because uh that was primary information you know um and so uh, i always thought it was really really cool and so uh I, again um to, we, as we go through the service today i'm going to refer to him uh, a good bit so i hope that's okay all right um, because i'm going to use some stories that that he told and, and i know that we could sit here today and, and hear more stories from the men and women who stood today uh, who fought for our country. And, and, and again, I want to say thank you. And, and I wish we had the time for every one of you to, to share your stories. Um, but uh, Miss Delora says I, I only have 12. Uh, just playing. I'm going to go there anyway. And uh, so I'm going to use my papa a lot. She's going like, to She's like, Patrick, yeah, that's enough. That's enough picking on me. Okay. Um, and so... He, he fought, he was a member of the 102nd Mechanized Cavalry. Um, and he wound up being in the 117th Mechanized Cavalry in North Africa. That's where he spent most of his time and uh, when he was in the war. Real quick side note, if you ever uh, were, were caught behind him when he was alive and back home and, uh, here in Hamlin County, you probably were very frustrated that he only drove about 30 miles an hour. Um, and one of the things he told me was, uh, Patrick, I have no reason to go fast anymore. You know, uh, he drove, he was the driver of a tank type thing, a little, almost like a Jeep, uh, not a tank, but like a Jeep type uh, uh, outfit there. And he, he said, I have no reason to drive fast anymore, which I, uh, which I found pretty interesting. So um, during the winter, I just want to tell you, I want to start with this and then we'll, we, hopefully you'll, you'll see where we're going today. But during the winter of 1944, Papa had to cross a river in order to find some live prisoners and take them from Germany's side. A guy named Pluckett from Kentucky and Papa were the only two men in their platoon who could swim. So they had to swim uh, over to the other side, tie a rope to a tree, and then Papa swam back. Well, Pluckett stayed on the other side with the tree. They used a canoe and pulled the canoe along with the rope. 
Their mission was to transport a couple of men over to Germany's side. Papa got the first soldier over safely, and then while taking the second guy across, a rope broke. With a rope in one hand, Papa caught the back of the soldier's coat with his other hand as the soldier was about to go over the side. Papa then let go of the rope and drifted ashore with a guy in his hands. Suffice to say that Papa saved his life. They were pulled out of the water, but they wasn't over with yet. Papa had to finish the mission, right? You soldiers in the house know what I'm talking about. He, he continued the mission carrying 12 soldiers over the river. However, they did not find any live prisoners on the other side after a couple of hours of searching, he said. So then Papa had to ferry all of them back to the original side. All in a day's work. By the way, the water was freezing cold. What characterizes a veteran? See, there, there's so many great answers to this question. But I think that video, and that's why I really wanted to like, you know, I didn't want to just like keep going. I had to show the video. Thank you, Mr. Lewis, for pointing me to that. Because I think the, that video gives us four really good answers. And it's really where, we, where we're going today. And you'll be proud of me, Mr. Lewis, because they're all starting the same letter. Now, those who are not familiar with that, I like to be alliterative, not me, Mr. Lewis. Service, sacrifice, strength, and stamina. And we're going to look at that, that, that today. The video goes on to say at the end, we honor them today and always. Thank you for your service. And this is a special day today that we're celebrating. And, but I love what Mr. Tommy prayed in his, in his prayer to offering uh, when he said the Salvation Army, the Lord's Army. And so that's where we're going today. And so if you are new, if you never come uh, to the church, we always try to have a central statement. And I do my best to pull my, get my points. Uh, if you're taking notes from the central statement, all right, so you can refer to it. And so this, here it is on the screen. As veterans in the Lord's Army, may we be willing to serve, sacrifice, be strong, and have stamina for the sake of the gospel. Amen? Right. Number one, serve. Y'all like mottos? Anybody like mottos? Like I just like I just mottos, and this is our you know this is our group. I, I mean I can remember silly ones from my basketball team. It was one year, 2007, 2018. Their motto was 13 strong. They had 13 guys on the team, right? And their motto was 13 strong. And and there were so many times during the year we would come home from a road trip, and they would play fight with the JV squad, okay? And but it wouldn't be just one of my guys play fighting with like two or their JV, it would be all 13. And they would run and chase the JV boy, uh, JV player in the, at school on campus. And, we're, and, they're, and they're going, 13 strong, woo! And they would all go get them, okay? Uh, and, and that was like the only year that I coached that I did not bring up any, any other player at the end of the year to make it 15. So every year you could get 15 players. I didn't with that, with that team, because all year they were 13 strong. So, so it was important that we say that way. Another, another quick uh, um, story that goes with mottos was the last game I ever coached. Uh, we lost in the Final Four to Chipley. And uh, we, our, our motto that day was, and this is bad grammar, sorry to my English teachers, which is Ms. Donna. All right, um, but the, it was uh, simply, we supposed to be here. We took the R out, okay? Uh, and and uh, that was our motto because no one gave us a chance Okay, against, against Chipley. The, the Trent Forrest, who plays in the NBA, who played at Florida State, um, bless his heart, I'm just playing. All right, um, sorry, babe. But he, he, uh, he was great. His picture was on the ticket that you bought. 
but we were playing against them, little old Hamlin County, and we almost beat them, lost by three. But uh, the whole day, we, you know, during practice that week and during the game, we would hit the floor, me and Malcolm, my assistant, and we'd say, we're supposed to be here. So every, during the game, it was just a reminder. They're not better than us. We're supposed to be here. So I'm going to, for every little point that we have, there, all four points, we're going, to, uh, we're going to look at a motto from one of the branches. All right. So, and I think it will go uh, with, with each point. So the motto of the U.S. Army, which there was quite a few of y'all, all right, is uh, this will defend. This will defend, referring to our country. Okay? That will defend our country, that we will serve our country. I worked at a sports store when I was in in uh, in, in um, college, and and it was a service. You know, you you, you never knew what you're going to get coming in, but we did the best we could to serve, and uh, that was part of it, right? Um, and that was a tough job because sometimes they'd be like, uh, "How come you don't have that shirt in extra large?" And I'm like, "I don't know. We don't have a cotton patch in the back for me to go make it for you, but I'll do the best I can." But uh, you know, but but Chick Fil A, don't we love Chick Fil A? I mean, Chick Fil A service with a smile. And they they always say you know it's a pleasure right or I I, just, I love that um, and I've been to a lot of bad restaurants whose workers have very sour attitudes right? and it's like um, I didn't have to come in your in your restaurant to get food from your place I can go somewhere else you know but service service can be tough uh, but it's something that we think very highly of here in America don't we. It's very important. Uh, my papa served his country faithfully. He was willing to do his best for his country and for others. He was honored to have guarded Winston Churchill, Joseph Stalin, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and Constantine. Uh, in North Africa, during a private conference, he actually shook hands with Churchill, which is really cool. Only about him and 11 others guarded those very important people. You know what they were doing? They were, they were planning D-Day. They are planning the Normandy invasion. My, my, my papa got to guard the men who planned that. That's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, he wound up guarding FDR, Stalin, Patton, and Churchill three times. As papa was getting on the ship to go home at the end, he was even trusted, and he told me I was trusted to hold a money box. And he said I didn't even know what it was at the time. But all he knew was that they trusted him to do it because they knew he'd serve and he'd serve with honesty and with, and with integrity because he was trustworthy. What an honor. What an honor. See, I, and I think when I think about service, I think last week we looked at this scripture. So uh, some of you weren't here, so that's okay. We can do it again. But uh, if you'll see on the screen, Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45, let me give you a little bit of the context here. So Jesus had just been telling his disciples what's going to happen to him. I'm going, to, I'm going to be killed, all right? I'm going to die. This is what's going to happen. And in the midst of that, the worst timing in the world, and we talked about last week, how sometimes you, as a teacher, a student says something at the wrong time, like now's not the time, okay? Now's not the time to joke, okay, you know? Um, and, and James and John, uh, bad timing here. But let's look at how Jesus responds to him. So James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you. What do you want me to do for you? He asked them. They answered him, Allow us to sit at your right hand and your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or to be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We're able, they told him. Yeah, we got this. We just want to be up there in the, in the high ranks with you, Jesus. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and you will be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those for whom it has been prepared. 
Then later, when the ten disciples heard this, they, be, they began to be indignant with James and John. And theologians believe it's because that they, you know, some of them have said, and I've read that they were like, they were mad because they didn't ask them. They, they, James and John beat them to the punch. All right? They wish they had asked the same thing. Okay? Jesus called them over and had to teach them a lesson, said to them, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen? And, and we read earlier today about the same, for us to adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality of God as something to be exploited, and said he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. See, this, the, the idea is, is to serve, put others above ourselves. And we're so thankful for those of you in the, uh, in, in the audience today who did that for our country, who served for our country, who put others above themselves. See, this king of the universe came to serve others. Amen? king of the universe it's a it's a oxymoron almost like wait what you're god you do what yes come to serve but are we even willing to serve to get out of our comfort zones to be bothered or inconvenienced are we really willing to put others above ourselves as christians something to think about to serve them no matter what they do to us or how they treat us or what they look like or how they smell are we willing to do that even when they mistreat us brother patrick yes jesus knows all about that amen he knows all about that he was spit upon can you imagine for a second spit upon man somebody spit on me we, we, we might we, we might go to blows brother I, i'm i mean i'm little but I, I'm, I'm feisty right i'm scrappy right jimmy all right made fun of uh slapped in the face had a crown that they pressed in his head. Oh, hell, king of the Jews. Made fun of him. He did it anyway. To what lengths are you willing to serve others, to serve God? And I just got to say, if, you, if you're not involved in a local church, then get involved. Get involved. Serve. So many people. I've already made reference to it today. So many people made this come together today. All right? I had very little to do with it. I was given marching orders. Okay, Just playing. All right. But so many people served uh, today getting their hands dirty. Uh, you know, cleaning up the church, picking up trash. That's a ministry. Somebody can do that. You know, uh, vacuuming, taking up offering, being an usher, anything. Those, those are jobs that are available. So serve. Get your hands a little dirty. Amen. Because as veterans in the Lord's army, may we be willing to serve. And next, sacrifice. Sacrifice. So we looked at the U.S. Army, now the U.S. Navy. And, and from what I read, and forgive me if this is not true okay, um, the, uh, here, but what I read is that it doesn't necessarily have an official motto, but an unofficial one is not self but country. Not self but country. You hear the sacrifice in there? Not self but country. And we know that many have made the ultimate sacrifice for our country, dying in battle while fighting. And sacrifice is something we, we value highly, don't we, in America? 
I mean, we love sports and we love hearing stories about, man, what that guy had to do to sacrifice to be the best best player ever. You know, uh, you know what Tom Brady is 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 uh, willing to do to his body and the things he eats. You know, We're like, man, that's really cool. Or, you know, I remember hearing about a, an athlete who didn't who didn't have a soda or junk food uh, for like 15 years, and I was like, God bless him. I couldn't have done that. All right, um, you know, but 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 we're like, man, that's awesome—the sacrifice, and that's just that's just small sacrifice. You think about, uh, you know, uh, giving up family time, and uh, you know, even as a coach, it, I don't know, it's a small scale, but um, you know, that was a sacrifice that I had to make to coach that I wasn't going to have as much time with, with my family, which is one of the reasons why I, I retired, you know, uh, because of, of missing that time, and even um, you know, Kirby Smart—I can't believe I said his name in a. Um, in a service, but but George's coach um, said last week he mentioned the idea that, that he you know my family understands that I'm not going to be with them all the time that I'm gonna that I'm gonna be with the players and I'm gonna be recruiting and working hard and I appreciate that. See, Papa, my uh, Edward Murphy, he was the first brother to go to war. He was 23 years old. And some of you, I still I can't uh, I, I can't imagine, but some of you 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 guys are probably around that age. He, he was, uh, his brother Fred was epileptic and needed a lot of attention. His sister Emma was 13 years old. His mother died in 1939 and his father was 65 years old. So just to reiterate, he left an epileptic brother, a 13-year-old sister, and a 65-year-old father to fend for themselves while he served our country. I'm not sure there's a better definition of sacrifice, a better example, and and those in this uh, in this um, audience today know exactly what I'm talking about. And your situation may have even been more extreme. See, his brothers went with him. He wasn't the only one. He had a few other brothers that also went to war at the time. Let me read to you from Matthew 19 verses 17 through 30. Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him. Jesus speaking, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked him. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all these, this young man told him. He's talking to a young ruler, rich young ruler here. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. He didn't say it wasn't possible, though. We'll get there in a minute. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. Then Peter responded to him, See, we have left everything and followed you, so what will there be for us? And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on this glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or on fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. There he goes again, talking about the attitude of service there. So my question from this text there, which there's a lot there that we're not going to get into today, but what's that one thing that you're not willing 
to give up to follow Christ? What is it? What's that one thing? See, Jesus went all the way to death for us. Amen? He, he didn't just give a part of His body. A, you know, this, that he gave His whole life. Not just most of it. Not just some of it. Not just, not just the part that's left over after a, bit, a busy week. Yeah, all of it. It's funny that my papa could remember days, dates. May the 8th, 1945. I guess he knows this one because it's a pretty popular day. Right? VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. The war in Europe had officially ended. Papa was, he said, was somewhere in Austria near the Danube River. He was glad it was over. All right? Hallelujah, he said. A few days after this, a guy named Miller from New York was right after Papa in the line for being able to return home. Papa let Miller go home before him because Miller had a wife and a kid. Imagine how bad he must have wanted to go home. You can go, sir. You have a family and a kid at home. You go before me. That might be one of my favorite things I've ever heard him tell me. The, the sacrifice to say, you know what? You go instead of me. See, are you willing to serve God with all your heart, with all your soul, love Him with all your mind, sacrificing your wants and desires to see the kingdom of God advance? Because it's like I've said many, many times, if you're new to the church, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go there now, you know, the, the Christian life is not a bunch of ice cream and roses and sunshine. It's hard. Give your life to Christ and it will be hard, but it will be worth it. Amen? It will be worth it. See, Jesus sacrificed for us. And, 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 and that's another, uh, the, to me, I've, I've heard it said by other pastors, I can't, I can't take credit for it, but I use it every Sunday because it's the best, to me, it's the, the, the best way to, 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 uh, to preach it. You know, the gospel is simply Jesus in our place. It should have been us. It should have been us on the cross. We're the ones that committed the sin. We're the ones that did it. But he died in our place. It's a matter of saying, I accept what Jesus did on the cross as counting for me. That's the gospel. He has veterans in the Lord's army. May we be willing to serve, sacrifice, be strong, and have stamina for the sake of the gospel. So the next one, we're looking at the idea of strength. And the U.S. Air Force, all right? The U.S. Air Force motto is aim high, right? Fly, fight, win. I like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of bravado there. All right, uh, bravado. There's courage. There's strength. There's yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, there are more quality. These are again qualities that we highly value in America and in our world today. Uh, think about our fascination with superheroes, right? Any, any superhero fans like the Marvel? I, we love. We've watched all the Marvel movies. We love them. Okay. Yeah, I see. You know, and, and Superman. You know. But Superman and Batman, really? Superman lost? Come on, right, Edgar? Superman don't lose. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, but, you know, the, the whole, the, our fascination with superheroes and, and, and that strength that we see displayed, but sometimes it's inner strength, right? Sometimes it's inner strength that, that goes unrecognized, but it's just as important. Amen? And, and I use, uh, this is obviously extremely sad, but um, Papa said during the last two or three months of the war, in Europe, he saw a concentration camp one day in Germany on the way to Austria. He said the people had no clothes, no shoes, and their dead bodies were just laid on top of one another. 
Bulldozers dug trenches seven to eight feet deep and about ten feet wide where the bodies were buried. Papa said that seeing one concentration camp was enough for him. But the inner strength that it must have taken for those people who fought to keep on going after seeing something like that. I can't even imagine. Strength. So I'm going to give you the background of our next uh, scripture. The greatest leader that the Israelites have ever known who had led them out of Egypt, part of the Red Sea. Of course, we know God did that, but He was there, right? Moses, y'all heard of Him? Yeah. Moses died. And now we have His successor. Let me read to you in Joshua 1 and notice... Notice what's repeated. I think you'll, you'll see it here in just a moment. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I'm giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west of the Mediterranean Sea. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Verse 7, above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. Amen. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Verse 9. Haven't I commanded you for the third time? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people. He said, listen, go through the camp and tell the people, get provisions ready for yourselves. For within three days, you'll be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you to inherit. Joshua said to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, remember what Moses, the Lord's servant, commanded you when he said, the Lord your God will give you rest and he will give you this land. Your wife, dependents, and livestock may remain in the land Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But your best soldiers must cross over in battle formation ahead of your brothers and help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he has given you, and they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. You may then return to the land of your inheritance and take possession of what Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on the east side of Jordan. They answered Joshua, Everything you have commanded us we will do, and everywhere you send us we will go. We will obey you just as we obey Moses in everything. Certainly the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words and all that you command him will be put to death. Above all, for the fourth time, what? Be strong and courageous. You think somebody had to be reminded? No, he was taking on a pretty hard task. The Lord's like, be strong, be courageous. I got you. Trust me, I got you. Four times. See, I think we all agree that it's, that it's not easy to go through battles. We are in a real battle. If you were with us when we went through Ephesians, we spent several weeks looking at the, the armor of God and the fact that we are in a real fight for our lives every day against the devil. Every day. All right? He wants to take you down. Be strong. Be courageous. Right? Be strong. Be courageous. Do you have the courage and strength to fight at every moment? 
as veterans in the Lord's army, may we, may we be willing to serve, sacrifice, be strong, and have stamina. Number four, stamina. U.S. Marine Corps. Don't go, hoorah. Isn't that right? If I said that wrong, forgive me. Semper Fidelis, which means always faithful. Always faithful. No matter what, we keep pushing. Enduring hardship and not quitting is another value that we, that we appreciate in America, don't we? I just preached, it's so funny, I just spoke this to the football team Friday night or Friday afternoon before they went to their game in Trenton. You know, I said, you know, it just feels like, y'all, you know, that, that we've made quitting really easy now. You, you, don't like a, you don't like an app on your phone, you delete it. You know, you, you don't like your, your classroom, your teacher, um, you don't like what you're doing, you just sit there and do nothing. You don't like the coach, you don't like what he says, what he makes you do, you just quit. We make it really easy. I know some of you in here are like, come on, brother, preach it now. All right? Because you know that's the truth. It definitely seems that way. And we can't, gosh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a social commentary, but we seem like we can't even get people to go to work. Can't keep, can't, people won't work. Oh, preach it, brother. Listen, quitting, we made it real easy to quit. On Monday evening on June 19th, 1944, again, how does he remember these days? Papa's Jeep, his mechanized car of his Jeep, was blown up for the first time in Grosseto, Italy. The car commander blew out the top of the Jeep. And as the Jeep was on fire, Papa had to push a radio man out because he was in shock and in pain. Papa and the radio man was able to find the gunner, but they never saw the car commander again. In fact, Papa was going to be reported as, as missing in action, but they were able to find an ambulance. Later that same week, on Saturday morning, June 24, 1944, Papa was driving a half-truck when he was hit by a German 88 missile. Within the same week, okay, Papa had been driving in reverse and it hit the gas tank right behind him that was about a foot from Papa. Another two or three seconds and Papa would have been hit. His company was cleaned out and Papa and one other soldier got in a ditch and walked beside the road in the ditch while being shot at. Papa said about the hit, thank God it was not a high-explosive AP shell, which I had no idea what he was talking about. Right. But my point is, that's just a couple times that he mentioned that. Here's another time where he was in like a, like a, almost like a porta potty type thing. And he, him and another guy had to hide out there. He put his belongings up on the top and just kept his dog, you know, just it was like, I, I, hopefully I'll make it. Not to mention the other things that must have made it difficult to continue moving onward. I mean, that was just stories of being directly hit, you know, and uh, and having to go through that. And just a few things here. Just bear with me. I, I I'm not going to make the joke about twelve o'clock, but I, I, just give me a few more moments. Pa, you know, he told he said that Papa and the other soldiers bathed and changed clothes every six weeks. Once every six weeks, these places were called bivouacs. Okay. Um, they were staging areas where they could gather up and rest for a day or two. He said if you had to use a bathroom, you either dug a hole about three or four feet deep or you went in the foxhole. Forgive me for being you know, crass there. Just being honest. He's telling you like it was. Papa and other soldiers, he said, received three shots every three months to prevent de diseases like influenza and pneumonia as well. He said eating was done a lot of times out of a can such as sardines or pork and beans. You guys who served and Papa and others could have quit, but they kept you guys kept moving on. Because you had stamina. You kept you kept going. 
What about Paul? You know about Paul? Yeah. Listen to this a little bit. Y'all bear with me. I, I, again, I, I just like reading the Word of God because it preaches a whole lot better than I'll ever be able to. All right. But 2 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 22, Paul was defending himself here. He says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like a madman. I'm a better one with far more labors, many more imprisonments, far worse beatings, many times near death. That's Paul. This is what he went through. Five times I received the 40 lashes minus one from the Jews. That's 39 for those of you who are mouth who, who are not good at math, okay? 40 minus one. All right. I know Miss Sally don't want to call any names. Right. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in the open sea. On frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brothers. Toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold, and without clothing. Not to mention other things, there is a daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with it with indignation? If boasting is necessary, I will boast about my weaknesses. Amen. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is blessed forever, knows I'm not lying. He goes on to say, In Damascus, a ruler under King Artemis, Arreta, excuse me, uh, guarded the city of Damascus in order to arrest me. So I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. You think he went through some stuff? Whew. Puts things in perspective whenever we complain, doesn't it? Those of y'all who weren't here last week, I mentioned that. I'm going to keep it short, but but I was having a bad day last Friday. I, I, I mean, a kid cussed at me, for goodness sake, you know, for nothing, really. And I was I was having a pity party. Oh, Patrick, oh, poor Patrick. You know, he just got cussed at, you know. And my kids are being turds. Excuse me, if I can say turds, I just said it too late. Yeah. All right, but you know, and it it was you know it was just a bad day. And, and those of you who were who were here, y'all know where I'm going with this. But those of you who weren't here, let's just say God got my attention yeah. in third period with an eighth grader, eighth grade girl. So I sat right beside her, and I and she told me that her dad was because she was looking at my my flip flops, which a whole part of the other story is I for some reason wore flip flops to school that day. It was had no idea until I got there to have flip flops on. Okay, it just wasn't a good day for. Mr. Murphy, and um, she said she was looking at my shoes. Said my dad has flip flops like that, but his are beat up worse because he's homeless. And I'm like, well, where's your mom? She hesitated. She said, well, Coach, my mom died when I was eight years old of brain cancer, and I'm complaining about a little kid being mean to me. And you know. Paul kind of puts us in our place right here. I mean, think about when we have it bad. We want to quit. And we don't want to have stamina. He goes on and says in Romans 5, he says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace through God, through Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, listen, but we also boast in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen? May we continue moving forward no matter what. So as veterans in the Lord's army, or as a salvation army, as Brother Tommy called it, may we be willing to serve, sacrifice, be strong, and have stamina for the sake of the gospel.
as we wrap up today, we, uh, at the end of that video, it said, we honor them today and always. My guess is that it was interesting about that comment is my guess is that most that pretty much everybody who stood up today and were recognized were probably as a little bit embarrassed. Maybe embarrassed is not the word. Because of your I feel like because of your attitude of humility and service, you, you want to give that to somebody else anyway. You're just doing your job. You're just doing your job. I was just being faithful. I was just serving. Which is another reason why we should honor them. Amen? Because of their humility. Because of, because of that that we see in you guys. They do it for others to get the honor anyway. Well, don't we do the same as Christians? We don't do it to look at, look at us. We do it to, to give honor and glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It also says there, it says, Thank you for your service. And it makes me think of what we all want to hear one day. Amen? Well done. Our good and faithful servant. Are you grateful for your freedom today? Thank a veteran. Are you grateful for your freedom in Christ? Are you grateful for your freedom from the shackles of sin and death? Then thank Jesus Christ who stood in our place. Colossians, Colossians 1, verse, uh, excuse me, Colossians 2, 13 and 14. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made you alive with Him and forgave us all our trespasses. Listen, He erased the certificate of debt, your sin, okay, with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. I dare you to try to take that nail out. The U.S. Coast Guard, their motto is always ready. Always ready. Are you? Are you ready? Because it's called upon man once to die. It's going to happen. When you're before God in heaven, what do you? What, what do we do? What do you, what do you? Do you present all the good things you've done? All my good things outweigh my bad things, so you got to let me in, God. Doesn't happen that way. Doesn't happen that way. No, all we can say is only Jesus. Amen. Only Jesus. And so, if you have never made that decision to accept what Jesus did on the cross is counting for you, I pray that you'll make that decision today. As we close out, we are going to sing I Surrender All. Correct? Um, I'd like for everybody to stay for the luncheon. All right? And um, also, before we have a closing prayer uh, and a blessing, of the food, I just want to remind everybody to please stay for a moment. Um, Mr. Steve is going to play taps immediately after uh, the the, uh, the the prayer, right after Amen. He's going to play. So if you'll wait for that, and then you can uh, go this way through there. Okay, all right. maybe I'll stand. <clears throat>